Welcome to the Franchise Founders Podcast, where you'll hear right from the source how people like you have been able to buy and build their businesses across different industries all over the country. Dan Claps is the co-founder of Career Transition Leads, Nurture Assist, and Find a Business Online. Christian Dadalak is a franchise consultant with Find a Business Online, and he heads up business development for Career Transition Leads and Nurture Assist. He also runs an independent franchise consulting business, The Franchise Guys. Together, they formed relationships with hundreds of successful business owners who are excited to share their stories with you. Now, here are your hosts, Dan and Christian. All right, Franchise Founders Podcast, next episode. Got a good friend of ours, Andy Fuller, on the call. How's it going, Andy? Great. How are you guys? Awesome. Doing good. Doing good. Uh, you know, just really quick, just jumping into, you know, uh, an introduction. Uh, you know, Andy and I go way back, uh, probably six or seven years. Andy's the CEO and founder of Mosquito Hunters, Mosquito Control Home Services franchise concept that's grown from one location to over 125 locations across 28 states in the U.S. in just five years. And it's over the last five years they've done that. Uh, Andy started the original Mosquito Hunters location as a side hustle in Chicago in 2014 as a way to escape a frustrating career in corporate America. Um, the Mosquito Hunters business concept was franchised in 2016. In 2018, Mosquito Hunters and Lawn Doctor, uh, when Lawn Doctor is an established home lawn care concept with 50 plus years of franchising experience, they joined force, forces to establish Happiness, a shared services collective, as a mechanism to bolster growth opportunities for their franchisees. Ecomade, it's a home cleaning franchise concept, joined Happiness in 2019 and more home service brands are expected to be announced by Happiness in the future. Last year, Mosquito Hunters was recognized by Entrepreneur Magazine as the number one home-based franchise with a startup cost below 100,000. Andy, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, guys. Happy to be here. So, Andy, it's, um, it's interesting that you started the business as a side hustle. You know, I think a lot of people that are probably listening to this are thinking, why the mosquito business? What what made you think that's that's a good business to get into and appealing, right? So so what was the uh, the idea behind that? Uh, yeah, I didn't have you know some burning hatred for mosquitoes. Um, I didn't have family that was in the pest control business. So really, what I was just looking for is a business that I could use to escape corporate America. My frame of reference for any business at all was was college painting that's how I paid for my college was uh, painting houses and there were parts of that that I really liked I liked having the relationships with customers and building a team and trying to make it all come together start off in January or February where there's where where I lived where I grew up in Michigan where there's you know six inches of snow on the ground talk to the homeowner about getting their house painted when that's the last thing on their mind sitting down at the kitchen table, getting that deposit check, building that team, working with the vendors, get the paint, get the supplies. And then it's June, you come out, paint the house and the house looks better. You give it this big facelift. Hopefully the, the technicians who are performing the, the job, you know, they were able to make a good living. Uh, they were able to maybe get some, uh, some beer money. And then if I did my job right, then as an owner, I'd have some money left over for me. And I love that. But the part that I didn't like about it was that uh, it wasn't a recurring revenue stream. So if I did a great job painting your house, that's great for you as the homeowner. 
but for, for me, that's a problem because you've got to wait another 10, 11, 12 years until you need to get your house painted. So I wanted something that was in home services because home services generally have really great gross revenue. Um, I, but I also wanted to have recurring revenue. And I also then wanted to have something, you know, if I was started with a completely clean slate, the other things that were important to me is I wanted to be in an emerging space, something where there was opportunity to innovate and not just try to come up with the lowest price in town. Never really liked that kind of business. I wanted something where it was simple enough, where I could learn enough to be dangerous within a reasonably short period of time without having to go back to school or do any sort of apprenticeship. Uh, something where I wouldn't be at the mercy of my employees and have to just kind of take them at their word. Something where uh, it provided some sort of value to the community. You know, something where I could at least in some small way say that I made the community a better place. Um, and then also something, you know, that I enjoyed talking about. Uh, when I was working in corporate America, I would kind of dread when people would ask me what I did for a living just because I hated talking about it. And so, um, yeah, all of those things. I mean, that was really all I really cared about. I want some business that checks all of those boxes. And it started with a lot of late night Google searches and making a lot of lists and uh, mosquito hunters, or I should say mosquito control, checked those boxes better than anything else could. And that was the beginning of what ended up becoming mosquito hunters. And, and Andy, that's an incredible story. And I recommend anyone that's listening to this uh, and, you know, go to YouTube and hopefully you don't mind me promoting this, but I've always loved the video you made that tells this story on YouTube, the origin story video. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so you can promote that. That's a great it. video. I might, I might have to play it. It's, it's Christian. Andy, literally the way he explains on this, this YouTube video, it's just him in a room with a whiteboard and he explains how he, you know, those points, right? Like recurring revenue, easy to start and all these multitude of business points and basically, you know, said, Hey, this is a tall order, but this is what I want in a business. And then went out and created that model around those, those checklist points. Uh, I've always thought that was a great video. I, I've watched it maybe four or five times. Uh, Cause I'm a, I'm a, I'm a geek. Just watching you online. It's awesome. <laughs> Wait for those residual checks to show up from <laughs> What's so interesting about that is the fact that when we're, when we're working with clients and we're, we're helping them find the right franchise opportunity for them, you know, oftentimes it's interesting the way that you kind of reverse engineered it. You weren't necessarily saying, hey, here's the industry that I want to get into uh, because it just feels good or I think I'm passionate about it. You really thought, okay, here's the criteria. Here are the check here's the checklist of things that I want in a business. And then you went out there, did the research and found that. And ultimately that's really what we're doing when we're, when we're talking to you know, the candidates about what, which franchise opportunity might make the most sense for them. And like, like you, many people will like recurring revenue businesses with, you know, good, good margins and uh, you know, it's repeat business, like you mentioned. So I think that's, that's really interesting for sure. Was there like a, I was just going to say like, was there like a light bulb moment when you were like, this is, it's the mosquito business. That's the one that checks all the boxes. I mean, was there like an aha moment where that happened? I, there kind of was, honestly, like I had a, a spreadsheet going of different businesses, different industries. And when I stumbled across mosquito control, there was kind of no looking back after that, honestly, like everything else fell far behind it because it just didn't have those same quality. Like some of them were home services, great, great margins, but not recurring revenue. And some mm -hmm. were 
recurring revenue, but uh, they weren't consistently in home services. A lot of it was B2B. And having had a lot of corporate experience B2B, I, I just, I didn't like that kind of value proposition um, just because it was really hard to establish relationships in the same way. Uh, or there was someone who was just a, a very mature industry and it's really hard to break through. At least I couldn't figure out a way to break through and innovate uh, in some other industries. But this was one where all of the things that I wanted aligned and it, it, yeah, there really was no looking back at that point. But, you know, as you're saying that, I was thinking like it, it really isn't a sexy industry. And I guess this isn't a hard rule, but just I've kind of picked up over the years. It's like the the sexier the, the industry is, the less viable it seems to be. Um, again, not a hard rule, but just something I've kind of noticed. So like someone wants to start the next whatever, the next Instagram or Pinterest or something like that. Like that definitely sounds fascinating, but you have a hard time making that a viable business, especially, you know, it's one thing if you're going to be a franchisor and, and try and start a franchise concept. It, it's another thing, you know, if you're going to be a franchisee and you just want something that you can build upon something that's bankable to an extent, something where you can feel like it's bankable, where you can feel uh, like you have some trust in the people on the franchisor team. It's hard to do that. And, have it be a quote unquote glamorous space is what I've seen. Like I, I heard it said, I forget who said it, but as far as finding a career, it was like, find, find something to do that you really love that no one else wants to do. Don't try and be Mick Jagger. Don't try and be a rock star because everybody wants to be a rock star. So, so that's not going to be as, as uh big of an opportunity, you know, for, for you find something that most people aren't interested in that you are interested in. Yeah. And I feel like that's kind of what mosquito hunters is for me. Like mosquito control isn't for everybody. It's not something that's going to be interesting to everybody, but you know, for the people like our franchisees where, where they find things that they like about the business, where they can appreciate the widget and the service for what it is. Uh, it's great because it's a really solid business model. Kind of like the book, uh, Good to Great, like Jim Collins, right? You got like the hedgehog, something you're really great at, something you love and an economic engine you can make money at. You know, you're in a business like, a, you know, the quote unquote ugly businesses are what, you know, really drive our economy. Uh, you know, and I think that there's more opportunity in home services than, yeah, I agree. It's, it's a stable business. Are you sure that Jurassic Park wasn't that moment that you decided you had to fight mosquitoes? right yeah Jurassic Park came in around that same time so yeah you've definitely seen the video but yeah For anyone that doesn't know I'm referencing the origin video yeah every, every, <laughs> everybody's seen Jurassic Park and that was a a nice solidifying moment for me was seeing that the whole plot was based on them finding that mosquito trapped in amber and obviously that's not real that's science fiction but mosquitoes were around that long they were around in the dinosaur era, so they're probably going to be around for a pretty long time. So it's a pretty, <laughs> a pretty consistent problem that we'll have the opportunity to solve, you know, if I'm going to have a business in this space. And, it's, and they're still here. It's, it's cold. I'm looking at snow outside my window right now, but I know the mosquitoes are coming back in a few months because they've been coming back for 8 million years. Yeah, well, they call them pests for a reason, right? They don't, they're hard to get to go away. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but it's, it's so interesting what you said. I completely agree. I think so many people, they get so enticed by like the sexy things. I mean, right now, things like crypto are hot, NFTs, mm -hmm. you have you know, everyone and their mom has an app idea, right? 
And those are the sexy businesses, the tech stuff, right? But those are hard to build and there's a ton of saturation there. It's, it's red chummy water. There's not as much blue water that's open. Um, and I think that, you know, for most people, a lot of the real opportunity lies in places that maybe at least, you know, you would have least expected it. And that's really one thing that we try to coach our candidates on is really just go in because you might be surprised that at the end of the day, it might be a mosquito business. That's the right fit. Mm-hmm. Um, I hear that all the time. Every franchisee, it seems like, if not, it feels like it feels like every franchisee has said, you know, my my coach introduced me to three different brands or five different brands. And I saw Mosquito Hunters and I laughed and that was at the bottom of the list. And then I got to learn more and then you move further and further up the list. And then, you know, for the, those where it works out, where we see a good mutual fit, by the time they've gone through Discovery Day, we're kind of all in on each other. Absolutely. So uh, last thing, and then I'll turn it over to you, Dan, but uh, with, so you started this out as a side hustle, right? And then, you know, you're, you're growing, the business is growing. It's, you know, you're making money. At what point did you realize that, Hey, I think I have a good franchise opportunity here. At what, at what point did franchising enter the conversation and become a viable expansion uh, path in, in your mind? When, when did that happen? I always knew I wanted to be a part of something much bigger than me and not just make this you know, Andy's Mosquito Company. I wanted to make this something that would have a footprint nationally and be this iconic uh, household name you know, nationwide up in the company of, of the greats of the greats. Just, that just seemed like a, a kind of a, a fun, worthwhile way to spend one's career. Just seemed the kind of thing that was just enticing to me. And then franchising seemed like the best path to get there. And then the more I started to learn about franchising, um, it really is the perfect alignment of, of what my interests are, mosquito hunters aside. Like I just, I love talking with small business owners. I've always been that way. Like if I'm on an airplane and I'm sitting next to someone who owns a business, it could be the, you know, the driest, most mundane widget, whatever it is, you know, we make drywall, we make, I, I work for, a, I sat next to a guy one time and uh, he had a company that made the flavors that go into flavored vodka. Huh. So like this guy had so many stories. It's like, how do you even get into that business? How do, you know, I just love hearing business owners tell th- those stories and just talk about the trials and tribulations. It really is, you know, a special breed. Th- these are the job creators. These are the people who really make, you know, not to get, you know, too, uh, too deep about it but this is what makes america what it is it's like just people who have dreams and pursue those dreams like it really makes me excited uh to to work with these people and in franchising when you get to work with business owners every single day this these are the people who i'm on phone calls with and zooms every single day and we're in this fight together how do you grow your business and we have a vested interest in seeing that every one of our franchisees grow their business the right way so i, I love it amen I, you know, us too. I, I think, you know, we, we named our podcast Franchise Founders and wanted to do this podcast really just to get to connect with, you know, founders of franchise companies and, and hear their stories and share it with our clients. Uh, you know, for me, I know over the years, I've, my friends, are, you know, my friends are business owners more likely than not. You know, of course, I've got my core, you know, college buddy group that I'm, I'm friends with, but more and more, you know, an entrepreneur is, is you know, we, we share this unique fiber that we just, you know, continue to produce uh, franchise founders actually started a friend of all of ours, Nick Lopez and I, you know, we started 
uh, building a, you know, a platform and then decided to table that. And I said, Hey, can I use this name? I love, I love the franchise founder's name and branding. And, uh, you know, Christian, and I would love to, to, to run with it. And here we are. Cause you know, that name to me is, is what it's all about. You founded not only a business, but a franchise nationwide company that you're now providing a platform to help others through the same story as you, right. And you, that are unhappy with their, their, their current role. And if you're watching, I'm just going to play a clip cause I just can't get over how good the intro is. I guess it's only been a few years now. I was working in corporate America, and there's one day in particular that stands out in my life. There was a branch meeting, so everyone got together and did the large conference room. And my boss at the time uh, stood up before the whole group and uh, presented this idea. He said, I've had this uh, idea that I wanted to share with, with all of you that I thought of. Uh, he presents it to the whole group, and everyone's nodding their head because uh, it's this great idea. And I was really frustrated at that point. Not because I didn't think it was a great idea. I did think it was a great idea. I was frustrated because it wasn't my boss's idea. It was my idea. And I shared that idea with my boss in private a week earlier. At the time, he told me that it was not a good idea and to move on. Fast forward a week later, he's presenting that idea to the group. It's his idea. And quite frankly, my boss is a pretty conniving, vindictive person, so I was used to this sort of thing by this point. Uh, I was used to getting angry at this sort of thing. But this time, I was more than just angry or mad. I was genuinely sad. And I, the reason why is because I started thinking about the rest of my career. Am I going to be playing games like this for the next 30, 40, 50 years? navigating office politics and letting my boss walk all over me just because that's what you're supposed to do or fake laughing at my boss's jokes that really aren't that funny or kissing the pinky rings just so I can get a 5% raise, maybe. The more I thought about it, the, the sicker it made me feel. And it didn't take me long that day, but I realized if my friends want to continue doing that and my colleagues want to continue doing that, then that's fine, more power to them but I'm not doing it anymore. That day was the beginning of when I knew I had to start my own company. But what company do you start? Because if you've looked it up on the internet, which you probably have, you realize that you can start just about any kind of business. You can start a product business or a service business. I was thinking at the time, am I gonna start the next Facebook? Am I gonna start a hot dog stand? I don't know. What's the right business for me? I didn't know, so I made a list. And so what I'm going to do for you today is recreate that list that I made. To start with, there's one thing, there's one quality that I knew I had to have in the business, and that's that it had to have consistently high profit margins. This was a good qualifier because this ruled out some things. This ruled out food businesses because they have roller coaster margins. This ruled out products because products have pretty consistently low profit margins. The more digging I did on it, the companies that have the most consistently high profit margins are home services businesses. So that actually was nice to find out because that's a world that I knew. Great and right. for my college tuition by doing house painting. So I knew that animal. Uh, but the problem with a painting company, per se, is, is that if I do a good job painting your house, you don't need me again for 10, 11, 12 years. So that's a great place to be if you're the homeowner, 
But on the other hand, if you're the vendor, that means you're going to have to reinvent your customer base every single year. Uh, so what I really wanted was something with a renewable revenue stream. Something where I could build up a base of clients, but those clients want to keep coming back to me again and again and again. That rules out a lot of home services. Uh, take it even another step further. There was another thing that was important to me, and that's that I wanted to be part of a growing industry. Too many of the industries that I looked at were mature, and so the players that were in those industries were pretty cutthroat. There was uh, too much of selling on price. I wanted something where the industry was growing, something where the pie was growing, and I could get a piece of that pie as it's grown. Another thing that was essential was that the business had to be low cost. I didn't have that much money to work with, and I had to get that little bit of money to go a long way. Another thing is that the business had to be simple. I had plenty of other things going on in my career and in my life, and so it had to be a simple business model that could be executed cleanly. Another thing is that hopefully it could be fun, something where I could actually enjoy the work and I didn't have to hypnotize myself to get out of bed each morning. And finally, I wanted to have something that would actually provide value to the community. Something where I could look back maybe 10 years after starting the company and be able to tell myself that I made the community a better place. There were some businesses I was considering that um, had good financials. They maybe met some of these other qualifications, but they didn't provide value. They didn't really give back to the community. That was important to me too. So kind of a tall order, but these were the things that I narrowed down that were most important to me in the kind of business I wanted to own. But what would that be? So some, I was kicking around some different ideas and I'll stop it there just because it, you know, it, unless you want me to keep playing it, but it, it covered the, the points you mentioned. I mean, you could teach that in an MBA class. Okay. Is that an offer? <laughs> yeah. I, it's home services, recurring revenue, growing industry, low cost, simple, fun, and help people. And you devised that idea and then figured out Mosquito Owners obviously built the brand and started franchising. Could you, could you walk us through that story once you – you know, became a franchise or even how did you go about becoming a franchise? Oh gosh, that's a, I don't know how much time you have. It's a very long story, but, um, you know, go all the way back. This is, I guess, kind of an interesting story. So, um, 2014, the business was just getting started, but I was seeing early on, you know, in Chicago where I am, um, it was resonating. I could see that we were really early to market really early to the party, uh, which meant that among other things, we had limited competition. Um, there's really no substitute for having limited competition. We, we still have pretty limited competition today, by the way, um, but it was even more so in 2014 because uh, we were just so early to the party. And I saw that the brand was really resonating. Uh, I saw that people wanted this service. I saw that there was candidly a lot more opportunity than we could even handle at the time. But also, I, I went into this knowing that I didn't just want it to be Andy's Mosquito Company. I wanted to have a new chapter in my career where I was a part of something that would become way bigger than me and be you know, some iconic, nationally recognized brand. And franchising seemed like a great path to do that because franchising meant that I could work with business owners, like I said. So that was about the extent of what I knew. And then it's like, all right, now I need to actually learn more about this industry. And so uh, I didn't know where to turn. So I got a membership to 
Franchise Times magazine. Shout out. I still get Franchise Times. New, new issues just showed up yesterday. I haven't read it yet. But um, Franchise Times magazine, it's got franchise in the name. So probably got some good information in there. So that first issue showed up in early 2014. And I read through the whole thing, cover to cover. And somewhere near the back, there's a little article about Dina Dwyer Owens, the chairwoman of chairwoman of the Dwyer Group, which is now neighborly, uh, and talked about the Dwyer Group and their journey and how they're looking to to grow moving forward. And I thought, I don't know, honestly, I don't know exactly what it was. I don't know what I was hoping to accomplish, but I just got this sense. But I don't know if it was just her quotes in there or photo or something, but something said within me like i need to i need to speak with this woman and so i did some digging online i found out that dwyer group is in waco texas and was able to eventually get a hold of dina's personal assistant and i said i'd like to speak with dina i'd love to set up a call and just share some ideas and hear about what she's learned not really knowing where it would go and again not even really knowing what my objective was but um her assistant asked me, you know, 20 questions, put me through the ringer. Why do you think it's a good idea that you speak? And they say, I'm at a really interesting time with this business that I've started. There, there's very limited competition. There's room for a few national players here. Why not mosquito hunters? Why can't mosquito hunters be one of them? And I ended up getting on the phone with Dina. This was in, I'd say late spring of 2014. And uh, we hit it off. We had a really good call, talked about family, um, talked about her. She had uh, children at the time that were high school age going into, into college. And I talked to her about you know, my college experiences and stuff like that. And I told her what I wanted to do with, with Mosquito Hunters. She said, well, what, what are your goals for this year? And I was kind of caught off guard. I wasn't really prepared for that. So I I told her what my true goals were for the business locally that year. It was a revenue goal. And she said, well, if do, 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 let's do this. If you reach that goal at the end of the mosquito season, then give me a call back. And then we'll see if there's a way that maybe I can help you out. So, something to that effect. And we got off the call and I thought, oh my gosh, I really wish I would have set a different number because that is a really high number. Um, <laughs> But I, but I kid you not, I came with, I came just a few hundred dollars over that goal. It was a, a number in the thousands and it was, you know, at that number plus a few hundred dollars. Uh, that was it. Um, and, and yeah, it was a very aggressive number and I was, uh, you know, very happy that we hit that. But that meant also I got to call her in October and said, Hey, Dina, it's Andy Fuller. Remember me? And she was, uh, she was really gracious and she said, well, I'm, I'm so happy for you. Congratulations. Let me reach out to a friend of mine who just retired and, uh, and he, maybe there's a way where you two can work together. So she introduces me to her friend. It turned out he did want to jump on a call with me. His name was Ken Walker. He had just retired as CEO of Driven Brands, which is Mako, Merlin, Meineke, a number of other automotive home services brands, $950 million company. And, uh, I was still working at my day job at the time and I, the call was on a Thursday with Ken and Ken said, no, what are you doing on Monday? And I said, I, I can be flexible. He's like, well, tell you what, why don't you come down to Charlotte where I am? Let's, let's sit down. Let's meet, let's meet at the Marriott. Let's talk more about this business and I'll see if I can make some introductions for you. And 
I still had my day job. So I, I took the day off. I booked a flight as soon as we got off the call, went down to Charlotte, met Ken Monday morning in the lobby of the Marriott downtown Charlotte and got to work. Uh, after a few hours in the lobby, then we walked down the street and he introduced me to Ted Pierce, who used to be his uh, lead counsel at Driven Brands. And Ted had recently gone to work for another firm and sat down with Ted. Uh, after that introduction, Ted said, hey, let me see your FDD. I said, oh, I don't, what is an FDD? I don't know what that is. And so it was a lot of education that had to happen from there. And uh, Ken introduced me to the IFA, International Franchise Association. Um, started going to a lot of different conventions and kind of the rest kind of came together from there. But that was, that was how I kind of snuck in through the bathroom window into the franchise industry. It's so interesting to hear that story. I mean, thanks for sharing that with us. I think a lot of the candidates that we speak with, a lot of the clients we work with, at first don't really appreciate all of the thought and research and blood, sweat, and tears that probably went into getting Mosquito Hunters created, built off the ground, and then to grow and scale that. And I think there's a reason, right? There's a reason you're paying that franchise fee. There's a reason you're paying the royalty because uh, you're shortcutting that process, right? Yeah. Yeah, there were a lot of mistakes along the way, a lot of bumps and bruises, a lot of things that we've tried that, that didn't work. Um, I, the best analogy that I have for the entire experience is like a Roomba, you know, like the robot vacuum. Right. It's a Roomba, do its thing, try and clean up a room. It just bangs into the wall, then it turns a little bit, then it bangs into the wall again, then it turns a little bit and bangs into the wall and just keeps moving around, <laughs> keeps hitting the wall over and over and over again. And then eventually it figures out the parameters, it figures out an algorithm and then it can clean the room properly, the most efficient way possible. That's what starting a business from scratch is like. It's just running into walls over and over and over. And so, yeah, I mean, if you if you become a franchisee today with Mosquito Hunters, you're still going to have challenges. It's still really hard work. In fact, I'd say for most franchisees, you've got to work harder than you've ever worked in your career. But it's it's different because it's yours. It's your business and you can learn from the mistakes of people before you. You know, you, you can streamline that process as best as possible based on what we've already learned. Absolutely. So you, you did make a pretty compelling case here for home services, I think. And so for, for the audience that's listening, if they're thinking, hey, those are a lot of the boxes that I would like to have checked too when I'm finding a business. So you sold the mosquito business, I think, pretty well um, and really pitched it. And, and it's legitimately a great business. And so, you know, there's other mosquito franchises out there, right? So why, why mosquito hunters? Why should, why should they have a conversation with you? What's the big differentiator there? Well, I don't know. It's, it's not necessarily the right fit for everybody. You know, it's, um, there's a part of franchise development that is sales that involves some salesmanship. Um, but then there's a part of it that's kind of anti-sales, honestly. It's like the opposite of sales. Uh, it really doesn't do us any good to quote unquote, sell franchises to bring on somebody who's not a good fit. Um, so I just want to kind of say that first, we want to make sure that we're, we're in a good long-term relationship with anyone who becomes a franchisee where we share uh, values, uh, where we know what our mission statement is and we're, we're aligned on that. We have franchisees who want to build businesses the right way, who want to build teams, who want to hire, who want to execute ground game marketing on the local level. But, um, you know, and I'll also say about our competition, I, I genuinely have a, a lot of respect for, for many of our competitors uh, in the mosquito control space and franchising. But I'd say the, some of the differentiators, uh, 
for mosquito hunters are the fact that we are uh, part of Happy Nest. So Happy Nest includes Lawn Doctor and Eco Maids, as Dan mentioned earlier, more home service brands are coming on long-term. That means we can not only leverage the learnings of previous mosquito hunters owners, but we can leverage all the learnings from Lawn Doctor who's been in franchising and home services for 50 plus years, leverage a lot of the innovative ideas from Eco Maids, who's a newer brand in the space. And you know, by being a part of happiness, we have our own in-house call center that closes sales on franchisees' behalf. So that way they can focus more time and energy on recruiting employees and building relationships with customers and executing operations. Because if you're doing a great job with that, you're a lot more likely to have recurring customers, which means your business is going to be more valuable and you're going to have a better cash flow year over year. Uh, having an in-house marketing team, you know, that is working with top 25 nationally ranked agencies uh, is something that's special about Happy Nest. You know, we're not just pointing our franchisees to just franchise industry specific marketing agencies, uh, but we're, we're agnostic with the agencies that we work with and we'll execute those dollars on our franchisees behalf. Um, we're really big believers in accountability and in big believers in, um, bringing on franchisees who want to take a look in the mirror and be the best version of themselves as business owners. And so we invest into having really solid coaches, you know, really solid coaches who work one-on-one -on -one with franchisees, focus on those activities. They're going to help you grow the business. That's the part that I think most people have a hard time grasping until you're actually a business owner is there are just so many things that you can do on any given day. And you're never going to be able to cross every single item off of it. <laughs> not even close and the skill of of, of knowing what to prioritize uh, takes a lot of time uh, a lot of trial and error so we really try to streamline that with coaches kind of like um, personal trainers you know think of like a personal trainer is going to help you get into shape most efficient way possible that's what our coaches are like yeah. they're, they're helping you grow a healthy business as efficiently as possible um, so yeah those are some of the things that I think make make us special. Those are the things that I'm really proud of when I think about Mosquito Hunters as a franchisor. I really appreciate what you said. Um, you know, I think sometimes people are misguided on what owning a franchise is going to be about, right? Owning a franchise can be down the road, less work, right? Than, than your current job. I like to think of a business like a hockey stick, right? Your, your time, it's like a reverse hockey stick. Your time is significant and your revenue is low and then the curve shifts, right? And your time is less and you're revenues are higher. Um, but really, even a business that's semi-absentee and, you know, running with your managing managers, um, you, you need to work it if you want to grow it. That's, that's my belief. So I used to, I started off as a business broker. I was 22 years old and I was all adrenaline and testosterone and energy. And somehow these older, you know, 56 year old business owners would, would list their couple million dollar listing with me. I don't know why, uh, when I think back on, you know, uh, how inexperienced I was, but I was fortunate to have, you know, some great training through a franchise system that taught me how to, how to list businesses. It was that Dan Clapp's charm. That's what it was. Uh, maybe, you know. but you know, I was always blown away because I would say, why don't you want to keep growing this business? It's an incredible business. And the owner would say, well, I'm tired. And what I've learned now years later, seven years later, running my, my business, um, maybe you could, sit back if you want the business to stay and not grow. But if you're not growing, you're dying. But if you're growing a business, you got to be involved. You know, I'm sure, Andy, you're in the office most days. 
you know, same for us. We're, you know, if we're not in the office, we're glued to our computer, you know, growing our business. Uh, and so I really appreciate what you said because you're right. They're going to have to work harder, but it's for their own business. Yeah, it does feel a lot different when it's your business. It's not, it's not at all like working for a boss. You know, I'll definitely say that. And I, you know, I also am very grateful here in Chicago. I've over the years been able to meet some really great people who now run the Chicago business for me. So I still own the Chicago business locally, uh, a number of locations here anyway. Uh, we do have some franchises here too, but um, so I am, I guess I am absentee as an owner in that sense. Uh, I meet with the team once a week for about an hour. Uh, that's about it. Otherwise uh, they kind of do their thing. They have, they have a lot of the experience and knowledge now to, to know what they're doing, know how to run a successful business. So I'm, I'm very grateful for that. Uh, but that's today, you know, <laughs> it's almost, you know, 2022. Uh, it, it, it wasn't like that early on. And I, yeah, I can remember still having my day job and going to a meeting, wearing a suit, dressed kind of like you guys, not as good looking as you guys, but it was dressed, uh, you know, going to a, to a meeting, sitting down, wearing a, as soon as that meeting's over, McDonald's, going into the bathroom, changing out of the suit, putting on my mosquito hunter's uniform to go out and perform a few treatments. And then when I was done with those treatments and I'll go back and put on my suit again, so that way I could go to another meeting, you know, during, in the corporate world. So I would do that, you know, I would work. So, I mean, fortunately, my, now my wife, then girlfriend was really understanding, really cooperative with this. I mean, I, I didn't have free time. You know, my nights and weekends were spent on mosquito hunters. All my blood, sweat, and tears into this business. Like you said, Christian, it's absolutely true. And whatever proceeds would come out of the business, I reinvested back into the business. I reinvested them into the marketing because I wanted this business to get to a point where it would be self-sustaining, where I could have employees that would run this business for me. But I, I didn't take any big paychecks out of the business, that's for sure. And as this is happening, you know, we lived in a very modest house. I saw my friends who I used to work with or, or friends who I went to college with. They're all getting nicer houses. They're upgrading yeah. and nicer cars. They're going on nice vacations. And I'm not doing any of that. And I know that I'm working harder than they are at the same time. Um, and I've got nothing to show for it. And I'll just say to anybody who becomes a franchisee, like, be prepared for that journey as well. Like, know that they're know what delayed gratification is and appreciate it. And if that doesn't align with what you want in your career and in your life, then you probably don't want to be a business owner uh, because it takes a ton of blood, sweat, and tears those first few years as you, as you build that base. Absolutely. I think sometimes a lot of us, myself included, you know, you want to pinch those dollars and I don't want to pay this or that. And I want to you know, make sure I'm being as cost effective as possible. But I think one mistake a lot of people will make in business ownership and in life oftentimes can be where they're, they're a penny wise, but a dollar foolish, you know, so they're, they're clinging onto the pennies and they're, they're thinking that ultimately that's what's, you know, making the difference. But, you know, ultimately by, you know, there's, if the value is there, it's, it's worth it, you know, to pay that dollar and not cling onto those pennies as much. And, and you don't want to lose sight of that bigger picture. So I think that that's something very, very important to keep in mind. Um, so I think that's fantastic. Um, so I know we've been going here for about a half hour now. I want to say, I mean, Andy, is there anything that, that any parting words of wisdom that you'd like to leave us with or anything for our audience that are maybe looking at, you know, investing in a franchise and 
uh, things that they should look at, things that they should consider, um, any words of wisdom or, or for them or for people considering franchising in general? Gosh. You know, I'll say this, actually, because I, uh, I have been listening to a book on tape. I started listening to it yesterday. And so I'm going to actually cheat. I'm going to use somebody else's words of wisdom. I don't know if you guys have heard of this one. Uh, the Subtle Art of Not Giving an F. Yeah, I've read that. The F does not stand for Fuller. <laughs> what, uh, what is the author's name? Let me see if I can pull it up. I think it's Mark Manson. Maybe? Mark Manson. Mark it's like an Manson. orange book, orange with black uh, lettering. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I'm in the middle of that book right now, but I wrote down a couple of quotes that I really liked. No matter where you go, there's a 500-pound load of S waiting for you, and that's perfectly fine. The point isn't to get away from the S. The point is to find the S you enjoy dealing with. Huh. Uh, don't hope for a life without problems. There's no such thing. And head, instead, hope for a life full of good problems. Wow. I, I love those. I love those quotes. Yeah. You know, because yes, like if I could distill business ownership down to just a single concept, it's problem solving. So again, know what you're getting into if you're going to be a business owner. To think that it's a world or a life where you don't have problems, you know, that, that's not it. In fact, there's more problems because the buck stops with you as a business owner. There's more problems than you've ever had to deal with. But if it's the right fit, they're problems that you love. Like I, I love solving these problems. Not every day is fun. You know, there's some days that really aren't fun at all, but, um, but they're problems that are, are really fun to solve, that are, are really satisfying to solve that's the right way to put it problems that i want to be solving so think about that if, if you're thinking about being a business owner that's what i got for yeah. wisdom thanks to mark manson love it solid advice solid advice well andy thanks so much for coming on dan do you want to wrap us up yeah no thank you andy it was really great meeting you and well meeting with you knowing you for a long time but, you know talking and sharing your story um you know anyone that's interested in learning more about you know uh, mosquito hunters, they, you know, can go to the website or, or work with us, our team of consultants. Um, and you can find us on, you know, our, our multiple platforms, which are listed on the site, but Andy, anywhere you would want people to go if they want to learn more about your company, go to mosquitohuntersfranchise.com. You can find all sorts of great information. Uh, we've also have a, a happiness franchise development LinkedIn account that you can follow. So follow it on LinkedIn. You'll get all sorts of really cool updates on there. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks guys.